This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. The time now is 26 minutes uh, to midday and shifting the conversation right now, having a masterclass on uh, deep fakes, uh, trying to understand what exactly this is. And in an era where uh, technology shapes every facet of our lives, our lives the rise of deep fakes presents a formidable challenge to truth and authenticity as well. When you look at uh, recent incidents involving prominent figures like, uh, of course, a colleague that is a morning news uh, presenter at the SABC, Leanne Manners, uh, Elon Musk and Glynis uh, Breitenbach, uh, it, it really underscores the alarming uh, proliferation of manipulated media content. I wonder if you've seen this uh, as well uh, as the power listener. Have you noted some of these videos uh, doing the rounds on social media sites and really deep fakes uh, powered by artificial intelligence blur the lines between uh, reality and also fiction, which poses a serious threats to individuals, businesses and society at large. And uh, a recent study has also revealed a staggering surge in deepfake related cases globally with uh, South Africa and Nigeria emerging as prime targets of this phenomena. And as the threat of identity theft, uh, this misinformation and scams loom large, it becomes imperative to comprehend the gravity of the situation and also equip ourselves with the tools to combat this uh, digital deception. Because really, that's what it is. It is a deception. And this, in this edition of our masterclass, we delve into the depths of deep fakes, exploring their origins, their implications, and the strategies for detection and also prevention as well. And joining us uh, for this conversation is Michael Lee. He's a consultant at the African Institute of Intelligence. Michael, a pleasure to have you on the program this morning. Thank you very much. Can you hear me okay? Loud and clear, loud and clear. So let's speak about this phenomenon of deep fakes. It has become increasingly prevalent with the notable incidents involving some of our prominent figures. We have a morning news presenter, Leanne Manners here in South Africa, Elon Musk further afield, Glynis Breitenbach, who's an MP as well for the DA, also being caught in some of these manipulated content. Could you provide us with an overview of what deep fakes are and how they are created using AI technology? Sure. I mean, look, the, 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 the term deep fake is actually just a combination of fake, right, and deep learning. And deep fakes started. To... Hello? Michael, I can still hear you loud and clear. You can continue. Okay, so, 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 so it's just really a combination of the words deep learning and fake, and it has to do with generating AI uh, learning. So we're able to take all those you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of images and turn them into something that doesn't exist, right? So we, this is nothing completely new. It started 150 or 200 years ago when people started taking photographs and altering them, right? And it's become more and more and more uh, simple to do and more adept at Mm. looking like reality the more that AI has become prevalent. But it's not something that just happened last year. Yeah. Um, it's already about ten years ago that technology for the technology. I'm hearing I'm hearing a second conversation happening, so it's a bit confusing. But there's um, so th- about ten years ago they started to get to the level at which they could start to be used to really fool people. Um, the it, on the technological level, it's it's the development of uh, what's two different type of neural networks brought together and and you know, generator creating images like we're used to with say ChatGPT with mm, mm. or Dolly with with using text or images to create new, you know, 
things that we are taking the databases that exist and turning them into new things, right? So what deep fakes do, it's very simple, is take what exists already and turn right. them into a new product. So with Leanne Manis, for example, like you mentioned, you know, last year there was a whole bunch of things coming out where it looked like Leanne Manis was promoting things she mm -hmm. wasn't promoting, mm -hmm. right? And, and uh, at a very simple level, uh, I don't want to get into the depths of the technology behind it, partly because I don't even understand it, really, because I'm not a technologist. <laughs> sure, yeah. but, 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 but really what it is is the same stuff that everybody is using now to generate you know, a, a website without having to do the work of a web designer. Mm. It's the same technology, right? And it's been, used, it's been used in the medical field to do things that are great. It's been used in Hollywood a great deal, right? Mm. The, anybody saw the Harrison Ford, uh, the new Indiana Jones, to make him look younger? to uh, make Anthony Bourdain do the voiceover in the Roadrunner documentary, to resurrect dead actors like in Star Wars when they want to go back and get actors that are no longer alive and put them in the movie. And those are all good uses of it, and we all know that they're fake. Right, right. right. What the problem is when it becomes when people create things that are not uh, you know, explicitly designed to be fooling us for fun or because we want to be fooled, but because they want to actually scam us or mm. they want to actually do something that is going to actually do damage, you know, uh, anything that has to do with, for example, a, a, a deep fake can be used to call you on the phone and have your mother tell you that she needs money. Right, right. And right. you think it's your mother, but it's not, right? Um, it's been used, uh, it's been used, you know, a lot uh, lately to do things that that simply are designed to fool people to make a scam, and and you know to to, to answer the question of how it's done, um, it's it's really uh, you know the technology of AI has accelerated it, right? Mm -hmm. Because the more data there is that can be used to determine what to generate the false image or mm -hmm. video or audio from, then the easier it is to make it look real. So in my intro, I mentioned that uh, South Africa and Nigeria have been identified as the most uh, targeted African countries uh, by these uh, deep fake attacks. What factors do you believe contribute to this uh, heightened vulnerability? And also, uh, Michael, what are the potential implications for individuals and businesses in these regions? It's, it's a great question, and it's an interesting position, because if you look at worldwide, just in the last year between, between 2022 and 2023, there was a 10 times increase in the amount of deep fakes that were actually going out, right? Now, that doesn't mean necessarily those were all, those were all you know, attacks or they were all negative uh, efforts or designed to do some damage, yeah. but 10 times as many of them being created worldwide. Most of that is actually in the developed economies, like North America, it's almost 2,000% more deepfakes in that year. Mm -hmm. um, Europe, Europe, almost 1,000%, right? Um, in Africa, it's not nearly as much because the amount of data is not as much, right? But the danger, of course, with South Africa and Nigeria is that we have the most data there is. South Africa by far, and Nigeria close second, have a huge amount of data compared to other African countries that's being produced. But the interesting twist is, I think, and it's something that doesn't get talked about is that at the same time, the fact that Africa is, as a whole doesn't have as much information being produced right now, yeah. right, or historically, means that, you know, it's easier for a deep fake to do more damage. Because if you're looking at the amount of data that's being produced all the time, you know, if Taylor Swift, say, or, or, or you know, uh, um, somebody in, the, in, in a developed economy has a, a deep fake come out, it's going to be very quickly 
debunked, right? It's not going to be believed because somebody's going to see it very quickly. But here, mm. because the amount of data is less, it means that, you know, we are going to actually be eas more easily fooled um, because we are going to have less people putting their eyeballs on that thing. And the damage usually happens in a very discreet way, right? Mm. It's not going to mm. be like, it usually, you know, with something like Liam Manis's situation, like eventually pretty quickly it gets detected. The damage really happens when it is it is happening to a person privately or it's happening like i said if your mother's calling you but it's not your mother yes, it's a nigerian yes. one of those one of those you know scams in nigeria that we've learned about over the years about the prince calling you and saying he's going to give you money if you put money in his bank account like those kind of things if they give you evidence as an individual mm. that looks real to you you don't need to you know you you need to educate yourself and I think in these in, in South Africa and Nigeria, as you mentioned, we have a lot less education about that. We have a lot less access to the technology and to the to the situation where we can actually debunk that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so the attacks, the attacks here could be much more damaging more quickly because of interestingly, ironically, the the lesser amount of deepfakes happening and the lesser amount of information available. Right. Does that make sense? makes a complete sense but it also begs the question on this uh, proliferation of deep fakes it does sound to me like it poses a significant risk including like you mentioned identity theft uh, these scams and uh, misinformation as well i guess the question i want to find out is how do these fraudulent activities then impact uh, individuals and society largely particularly in the context of let's say elections and and public discourse well, elections, it's interesting that you, you know, the question you raise is important because it does impact people from the top to the bottom. It impacts people from the widest to the narrowest, right? Because it it, it, it can be used for revenge porn or, you know, to, to, to make you look like you've done something and make yes, your wife, yes. it can, you can blackmail you so that your wife thinks you've done something wrong that you never did. And that's just a little tiny thing. But for you, it's the world, right? At the same time, you know, it can be major financial fraud. I can use, if there's a face detection software that's being used to protect a bank account of a large company, and I can go in and use a false face to make that, you know, software believe that I am the right person, I can access that um, that account. So it goes from small to gigantic. With an election, now we have, you know, again, it, you can probably hear in my voice that I'm originally not South African. I'm, yeah, I'm a yeah, dual yeah. citizen. My original country is is one of the is is the place where the problem is actually the biggest, the United States. And with the elections there, we've come to see that already, you know, the amount of misinformation, the amount of it doesn't require uh, a deep fake. People believe the stuff they read when when a, a, a source they believe says it, right? So there's a lot of legislation happening in the developed economies. In the states, they're, they're working on a lot of legislation around actually making deepfakes a criminal offense. Mm -hmm. But if you look at, like, if, if you could make, you know, Joe Biden or Donald Trump or, 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 or Cyril Ramaphosa say things that he never said and put them out, and then people believe that. And it takes a lot of work to get people to see that it's it's false, especially when it's a public thing. Yeah, yeah. If, it's, if it's something that's more um, of a private thing, you know, it's easy for you to say, hey, you know what? My mom just called me and asked for money. Let me hang up the phone hmm. and call hmm. her back. I'll call her back herself and ask, was that her calling me? But it's a lot harder to, if you put out a, a video of Sora Maposa saying, you know, that the ANC is now supporting, um, is now supporting, I'm not going to 
make a statement of what they're supporting, but now supporting something they don't support. <laughs> right, right, right? Right. And then and then now to take that back is going to be very difficult because mm. people believe what they see with their own eyes, you know, or what they hear with their own ears. Mm. But yeah. but with elections, it's incredibly that's why with elections, it's incredibly damaging, because if if Sir Ramaphosa says something he never said, it's mm. going to be hard to get people to believe that that didn't really happen. Right. And the problem we have in South Africa, to add to your question before, mm. is that there is zero. Not only is there no legislation even in motion right now about dealing with deep fakes specifically. Right. There are no laws around image rights in South Africa at this point. Mm. The Copyright Act here has been a big problem for years that's been being debated in the film industry. And I've been involved in that in the past. And there's a lot, a lot of stuff around, you know, copyright. But images are not considered copyright in south africa sure. so so there's like a big gap in terms of like how do you actually make laws that protect us from fake images when in the first place images aren't even protected right um audio is not protected these things aren't you know so the the law is difficult here but what we have to deal with really for us and for ourselves and listeners that are listening to this is mm. you have to start to take action yourself to really understand that nothing you see or hear with your own eyes is true just because you saw it you know i want to they like to there's yeah sorry the, the one there's a, there's an old there's an old joke that says you know that as abraham lincoln said mm -hmm. you know not everything you see on the internet is true just because it has a picture and a quote next to it right next to it. right right <laughs> I really want us to crystallize on that point because despite the sophisticated nature of deep fakes, uh, I've learned that there are methods for detecting and uh, verifying manipulated media content. Uh, could you elaborate on some of these techniques and how individuals and the companies, uh, how can they employ them to safeguard against these deep fake attacks? That's a great, it's a really important question. And it's it's difficult because, look, there are softwares already coming out that, you know, they're attacking AI with AI, right? So there's already softwares coming out that will detect and help you detect what are false images, false audio, and so forth. And there are imprints inside of the data that help you to detect that, that you will never see or hear with your own physical, you know, senses. But there are things you can do. For example, if you look at, let's talk about video. If you look at a deep fake video, the eye movement is not going to be quite correct a deep fake a video will not blink yeah necessarily right it will not have an eye movement that looks like quite human facial expressions don't quite look right the facial features might be slightly off there's a lack of emotion in a generated image that mm -hmm. isn't there the with a real image um the posture of the body or this thing could look awkward if you you know sometimes when you generate images of yourself on ai you end yes, up with yes. seven fingers or two noses you know but even at the higher level when people are generating this stuff you can find you know unnatural movements you just have to really look at the image and you know hair is a good place fingernails mm, teeth mm. some of those ed those edges of the image those things that are the, that are very human don't quite look right um you can look for the background is it slightly blurred or doesn't look right um, does, does it sound like something has been created? Like if you're listening mm -hmm. to the audio, does, can you hear a click in the audio? Or does a lip syncing look off? You know, these are the kind of things you're looking for what's unnatural. Oh, uh, yes, yes. You can slow down the video. You can look for, when you slow it down, does it look unnatural? Hmm. You know? But ultimately, right, the number one thing that I would say, and this is really the shift from, you know, the third industrial revolution where 
we gained this huge amount of information mm -hmm. into the fourth and fifth industrial revolution. The shift is that we have to start believing each other more. Yeah. So, so if you see something like Leanne Manis or, you know, Elon Musk had this whole court case, right? Where Elon Musk's lawyers were saying, look, what you think he said, he didn't necessarily say because it was deep fake. Um, and, 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 you know, we have to start to, like I said, if, if you, someone calls you and asks for money and you're like, that was weird. Hang up the <laughs> yeah. phone, say thanks, and call and call them back. Right? If 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 you're if you're seeing a, a sewer on the saying something you think that doesn't sound like what mm -hmm. you would normally mm -hmm. say, you can do those physical things and say, does this look like a fake image? But you can also go, hold on, you know, did Power FM? report on this video and tell me that this is what Sir Ramaphosa said. Right. Because source, we have to start to trust each other more. Call your friends and say, I saw this video that said this thing about you. Is that true? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's the interesting thing about technology today is that the more it advances, mm -hmm. and this is the important thing people need to understand about AI, because AI does not create a future. AI thinks about what we have in the past. Right. AI does not does not generate anything that wasn't already generated. So the most important thing is that we have to start to trust each other and we have to really like the number one way to prevent yourself from being fooled from the outside. And this doesn't really deal with fooling, you know, what people do to you individually, yeah. but if being fooled from the outside is make sure it's being reported on by a trustworthy source you believe. Mm -hmm. Right? That's mm -hmm. a good first step. So you you at Power FM like you start to develop a bigger responsibility that you have to make sure what you report is true. Right. So you can't just go, Oh, we saw this video. This is what happened. Um, or we heard this interview, you know, this is what happened. You have to really start to believe in each other. And it's going to actually create a much stronger sense of community. I think mm. much stronger sense of, of human beings trusting one another more again and not trusting, you know, going online and, and, and sitting at home by ourselves and seeing what happens to show up on the, Right. Does that make sense? Michael, that's really fascinating stuff. But also what got caught my attention is that while deep fakes are garnering attention, I mean, here we are speaking about deep fakes, but there's also another phenomena. There's still the prevalence of cheap fakes, which uh, utilize simpler editing methods. How do these cheap fakes compare to, to deep fakes in terms of prevalence, its impact, and also like what you've mentioned now, the t detection methods as well? It's easier to detect them, obviously. It's yeah. easier to make them. And they're not, I mean, look, if you're trying to do something seriously, uh, if you're trying to look some, do something seriously uh, damaging, you're not going to use what you're calling a cheap fake, right? Because that, the, the, remember, 90% of what's happening with these things is just for fun mm -hmm. or it's mm -hmm. to, to make a Hollywood movie. I don't know if you've ever seen, there was a, a few years back, where Jimmy Fallon did these things where he, uh, was it not Jimmy Fallon? It was, um, what's his name? Sorry. Uh, the guy from, uh, Barry, uh, I can't remember his name now, but the actor, um, mm -hmm. I'll think of it now, but an actor who did these fakes where he on a TV show and then did this deep fake where he turned into Tom Cruise and it was phenomenal. I mean, it was unbelievable. It looked like and sounded like Tom Cruise, but it was him and it was all done with deep fake technology. Um, you know, he did the same thing, um, with a, a couple of Al Pacino and a couple of other actors, a cheap fakes, you know, you can easily, they're usually short. They're usually done, you know, with obviously a, a much less uh, rich technology behind it. So you can really identify them more easily. 
they're not going to be the problem. But the problem with them, of course, is they are much easier to produce. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm, I'm giving you a great answer to the question, but yeah, yeah, I wouldn't worry about what, what you're calling cheap fakes is, is, is making it you know, easier to do, mm. um, but, but it's also really easy to detect. Again, people have to stop believing everything they hear. You know how often people believe the simplest, you hear something in a pub or, a, you, you know, you go to, you go to, you go to like uh, the, the hair salon and somebody says something and then you go tell everybody what you heard at the hair salon. You can't mm. do that. Mm. You have to start to be responsible. You know, you can't just take something somebody made on, 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 on Adobe After Effects or, or some very cheap technology. You can tell that it's fake. So we have to start saying, like, you know what, if it's sure. not if you're trying, if it's important, if it's trying to be something that that's going to make an impact on things, don't believe it just because there's a picture of a guy that looks like it was cut out of a cut out of a magazine and pasted on something. You know, whatever you say, like, oh, that's real, you know, so cheap fakes are going to look, you know, they're, they're going to look fake. <laughs> they're actually not going to look terribly real. I'm not sure, Michael, but I think the name we were looking for is Bill Hader. I see him doing. Uh, That's the name. Uh, yeah, a couple of uh, impressions as well here. But as we continue uh, our discussion, and with just uh, five minutes left to our conversation, uh, beyond individual awareness and uh, technological solutions, uh, what are the legal frameworks or, or, or regulations that you're aware of that could be implemented to address this proliferation of deepfakes? Well, like I said, in South Africa, we're, we're in trouble because we don't even have the, the foundation of these things. Like in the, I mentioned in the States, there's a lot of action happening around it. Texas criminalized the use of deepfakes already uh, related to elections. Um, you know, a, a number of other states have proposed legislation that, that you know, is targeting that. Um, it really is difficult, though, because it doesn't matter if it's against the law. There's a lot of things against the law that people do anyway. And if, it, you know, if it's going to succeed in changing people's impression or it's going to succeed in making an impact on society, it's already made that impact, even if it's against the law and people still do it. It's against the law to do the, you know, the scams we talk about where people ask you to send money to their bank account. People still do it. So the legal frameworks is difficult to really, it's just, you know, we can make them illegal. Um, obviously we can make certain technologies, uh, better regulated. There's tons of regulation around AI right now, trying to prevent it be, being used in certain ways. Um, but, but really we can't rely on that. I don't mm. think it's, 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 it's great for, you know, again, there's a whole nother world of, of fakes, right. That have to do with breaking into a, a financial institution mm, mm. And, and getting into that. And that's, people are going to do that. They do. There's lots of laws against robbing banks and we still, people still do it. But I think what we have to do is not rely on the legal frameworks. We have to rely on ourselves. Yeah. And we have to, you know, if you are being victimized by a defect, and I think most people don't have that experience, you know, but it's like you got to be able to go out there and look for what it is that you're, that is being put out about you. If you're a public figure or mm -hmm. if you have like mm -hmm. the MMS for, you know, Elon Musk, if these people have to have people looking out for them. But if it's, if it's the other way around, you I've said it a couple of times already, but I cannot emphasize it enough. Yeah. You have to verify things, not just with your own eyes and ears anymore, although that can help. And I've given you a list of a few ways mm. to verify things. But but ultimately, you have to verify it by believing the people you trust and the organizations you trust. That is the number one way to make sure that you're not taken in by this artificial world that's being created. 
It's quite strange, uh, Michael. I hear you speaking a lot about us having to rely uh, on whether it's our communities. Uh, but uh, yep. in the context of combating deep fakes, I'm not hearing much about the role of technology companies themselves. Uh, what role can tech companies and, and social media platforms play in really preventing this dissemination of uh, manipulated content? And in extension, are there specific measures or policies that these entities uh, should implement to address the spread of deep fakes on their platforms? Look, all the technology companies are in that in, in that conundrum right now, right, where they're trying to make it open and easy to use what they're doing. Like I said, there are companies that are putting out specifically technologies that are designed to detect, you know, fake things that... that to, to be able to tell you that this was made by AI. There's, you know, as you, as you, as you know, there's tons of uh, difficulty beyond deep fakes, right? There's difficulty with students using AI to write papers and there's ways to detect whether those papers were written by students or not. Um, but they've done surveys where they ask people to try to detect that, you know, without technology and two thirds of the time they get it wrong. So companies that are ethical are taking on ways to try to build into what they're creating ways that ways that the technology you know signals that it is technology making this right so that if you're using their technology to make images you can identify that these are fake images at the same time their pressure is to make the images look real right um the 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 newest technology coming out from chat gpt it's only being used by a very select group of people for video is it's making waves the last couple of weeks uh, it, on the on the on on the internet in terms of the the, the level of reality and of, of impact of making videos of woolly mammoths marching through the snow and stuff mm, that look mm. real. Um, but the idea is to make it look real, so it's very difficult. They can build in um, they're building in things inside the technology that yeah. you can detect it if you have the technology to detect it. Right? And they're not look. I don't. There's no technology yeah. companies trying yeah. to 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 make it so that you can do crimes to people. But it's it's very difficult. It's very difficult because what they're trying to do mm. is to give us an alternate reality that looks real. Michael, let me thank you for this uh, very insightful conversation. Michael Lee, he's a consultant at the African Institute of Intelligence. Uh, and through this discussion, we've aimed to raise awareness about the growing threat of deep fakes and uh, also empowering individuals and organizations with uh, the knowledge and also tools to navigate this uh, complex landscape of uh, digital manipulation as well as deception. Wrapping up that conversation. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.